Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, hey, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are talking all about why gagging is good. I get this question all the time, so we're going to dive into it. We're also going to talk about when gagging is something that we want to bring to the attention of our pediatrician. So let's hop into it. All right. So first and foremost, gagging is good. All right. And a lot of times when I say this, parents kind of freak out because gagging looks scary. Now, let me clarify a little bit. We're talking specifically around gagging for babies when we're introducing new textures, new foods, whole foods, especially for the first time, even into kind of that early taby stage, right? They're not quite a toddler, not quite a baby anymore. That kind of stage that we're looking at gagging is good. So gagging is actually a very normal response. In fact, it's necessary. So this gag is actually there to protect your baby and even you, you have a gag reflex from choking. So gagging looks really scary, right? It looks like they're choking. It It is how we envision choking looks, even though choking is actually silent and sometimes even still and doesn't have the same fear response as gagging does, which is very frustrating as a parent because trying to keep your calm while your child is gagging is very difficult to do. But gagging is actually good. So that's like a really good reminder for us to remind ourselves of gagging is good every time our baby is gagging. Now, of course, it should bring our attention to them and make sure everything's okay. We don't want to freak out. We don't want to worry them. We don't want to grab them out of their chair or grab food out of their mouth or anything like that. We want to let them work it out on their own. So like I said, the gag reflex is there for a reason, and that is to protect your child from choking. That gag reflex is very sensitive early on in childhood or in babyhood, I should say. So the first few times you serve solid food, even pureed sometimes, but even whole foods, um, you will see gag reflex happen very quickly and possibly right away, and that's okay too. Now, if you are not noticing a gag reflex at all with your child, then that's something to bring up with your pediatrician. Gagging is good after all. But if it's not as pronounced, that's okay too. It's all right if it's not every time they eat solid food that they should be gagging. Every child is different. Every person is different with their gag reflex. So because gagging is good, we know that this is protecting their airway. There are actually receptors on their tongue, in their mouth, in their throat that trigger this gag reflex. That's why it's a reflex. It's not a choice. Our babies aren't choosing to do that. No matter how it may feel, it's not a choice. This is a reflex, right? And gagging and coughing can look really similar too. Okay, I want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's podcast episode, not only for sponsoring, but also for the work that they do. Today's episode is sponsored by Safe Beginnings First Aid and CPR course. Holly from Safe Beginnings believes that being able to confidently react in an emergency is the peace of mind that every family deserves, and I agree. I want you to feel empowered to keep your family safe by taking her online first aid and CPR course just like I did. 
I have taken a lot of CPR trainings over the years, and Holly's is by far my favorite. It's clear, concise, easy to follow, and truly puts your mind at ease as a mom. No matter the age or stage of your little one, this course is a must-take. A quote I once heard by Max Mayfield has always stuck with me, and I want to share it with you. He says, preparation through education is less costly than learning through tragedy. And I don't want to be a downer, but this could not be more true when it comes to our kids. It's time to start feeling confident at the table. And I want you to get started today by clicking the link in the description box below and use my code Alyssa20 for 20% off. Trust me, this is a decision you will not regret. All right, now back to the show. So again, when your baby is gagging, do not freak out, remain calm. We want them to have a positive experience with food. And believe it or not, if we don't freak out and scare them, the gagging itself is actually not all too negative of an experience for our babies, even though it looks that way. So we want to take a step back, take a deep breath, let them work it out and see what happens. Now, of course, this is super helpful and easier to do when you are trained in CPR, doing an online CPR course. I'll be sure to link my favorite one down in the show notes um, or being in person, of course, is ideal and learning those techniques. That's going to make you feel a lot safer, a lot more prepared that if something goes the wrong way, you can tackle it. Now with gagging, a lot of parents ask, well, what's normal? What's not normal? How long is this going to last? So it usually lasts a few weeks, depending on each child. Some children move through the gagging phase really quickly. Others take a little bit longer and that's totally normal. The thing here is the more stimulus or the more exposure your child's mouth gets to solid whole foods, the faster that gag reflex will start to move back and kind of suppress a little bit. Now, I know what it's like to hope and pray that they don't gag ever and that they don't ever have to experience that moment of feeling like they're going to choke or coughing on their food or turning bright red. But remember, gagging is good. It's teaching your baby so much about how to move food around their mouth, how to swallow food, how to chew food, how to mash it up into a nice little bolus that they can swallow. Your body is constantly sending feedback loops to teach you what to do next time. And that's really what a gag is all about. So like I said, the way to kind of move through this gagging phase is to introduce more foods more often. The more foods that they get stimulus on their tongue, in their mouth, in their throat, the better they are going to be at the skill of learning how to chew food, swallow, eat, breathe all at the same time. So this is really, really helpful to give them that regular eating time every single day. Now, on top of that, we can also encourage things away from the table that will help with their gag reflex as well. Things like chewing on their hands or toys or bringing maybe a little teether to their mouth and chewing on it. Again, any time that we can kind of use a little bit of stimulus in their mouth, the better. Things like blowing bubbles or brushing their teeth can also be really helpful in forming those muscles in the mouth. Now, I'm a dietitian, I am not a feeding therapist. So if you are concerned, if you are not noticing this gag reflex calming down over time, again, over the course of a few days, a few weeks, even maybe a few months, I would absolutely contact your pediatrician and try to get in touch with a feeding specialist to get them evaluated. Now, with that being said, like I mentioned, their gag reflex starts out in the middle of their tongue. 
give or take, everyone's different. Over time, that gag reflex should move back. So it's a really good indication that if you don't see that food is going a little bit further before it's initiating a gag reflex, then that's a really good indication that maybe we need to talk to a pediatrician. Again, this does take time. It is a skill. It is something there that's there to protect your child. So we kind of need to work in balance with it, right? Kind of like a two-step. <laughs> we want to work with your body or your child's body and with what we can control and help them overcome. I want to take a quick second and remind you of my free picky eating guide. If you haven't downloaded this guide yet, take a second and click the link in the show notes below and download your copy today. It's eight pages long and you'll learn the five pillars of parenting a picky eater that not only make this podcast make way more sense, but it'll also help you jumpstart a more peaceful experience at the table. The best part is it's absolutely free and will be delivered directly to your inbox. All right, now back to the show. Now let's jump a little bit to maybe toddlerhood or beyond where our little one seems to be gagging on food. Now, again, if this is still happening and always has been happening, then that's definitely a reason to contact your pediatrician and start getting some sort of evaluation going on their oral motor skills as there certainly could be something underlying that's causing this issue. Now, if your little one seems to have suppressed their gag reflex, didn't totally fine, and then years later has all of a sudden developed a new gag, this is something that we want to pay attention to, right? This is a little flag that just says, hey, over here, let's pay attention to what's going on here. Now, again, if this is happening kind of here or there or intermittently, it's not really something to worry about. But if it's regularly and or if it's with specific foods or specific textures, then that tells us that there's probably something a little bit deeper going on there. Maybe it's a food preference thing. Maybe it's a sensory dysregulation. Or maybe there is a medical problem underlying that we need to get evaluated. So the best thing that we can do is look for patterns. When does this typically happen? What time of day? What type of foods? What time of what type of textures or um, even flavors or scents are happening when this gag occurs? Is it all food? Is it certain foods? All of these questions are really good data points to write down, keep track of, and discuss with our pediatrician. Now, I'm not going to say gagging never happens for school-age children or toddlers or anything like that after the gag reflex has kind of moved back because it absolutely does. Again, intermittently here and there, I'm not too concerned about it. Beyond that, if you feel like it's a regular thing, if there's something in your intuition that says, this is off, I don't feel like they should be gagging this much, absolutely bring it up with your pediatrician. If you feel like your child is gagging on purpose, right? This happens a lot. We feel like our kids are so picky that they're making this awful gagging noise and we truly feel like it's not a legitimate gag, it's them inducing it, this is still to be taken seriously because A, we don't know what's happening in their body, and B, even if it is a choice that they're choosing to gag on a food, who would choose that but a child who really is having a deep sense of discomfort with that food? So it's still something that we need to approach as if it is a real gag, if that makes sense. So all of these things are really great things to write down, bring to your pediatrician, even bringing your concerns if you think it's intentional or not. Uh, Talking with your pediatrician so that they can set up a feeding team to help you evaluate what's going on and how to move forward. That being said, if you just listened to this entire episode and now you're worried about your child gagging, remember gagging is good. It's also a reflex that over time with more sensory input, with more um, stimulus from whole foods, the better it's probably going to get. 
Again, if it's not progressing over time, that is a time to call your pediatrician and get in touch with some sort of feeding team to help you evaluate what's going on. All right. I hope this episode was helpful and I will catch you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.